Hey everybody, welcome to episode 18 of Going to the Show with Tools, my uh, podcast all about live music in and around Charlotte, and uh, during pandemic times, a lot of uh, music online, and uh, talking about that since shows aren't quite a, a full-on thing yet. But um, this month I, I did uh, get to a live show, so I get to talk about that, and um, 
also, it looks like there's, as there has been the last two months, there's been some more movement towards uh, getting more concerts back. Um, I saw in the news today that Massachusetts, which has been uh, very tight about everything COVID and opening back up, uh, they're going to let some venues open back up to half capacity. If I believe the stipulation was that if the town's COVID number positive rates are below 1%, something like that. And um, I spoke to uh, my sister Maureen, who's in Connecticut over the weekend, and she said Connecticut's uh, considering doing the same. And I was shocked hearing either of those coming out of the Northeast just because they've been so careful up there and uh, been good about keeping their numbers under control. So I've been surprised, but I think that's a good thing. And um, down here in North Carolina just today, um, I got home from work, and before I went off a run, I popped on the news and – we're going towards phase three and uh, we're going to do some more opening up here. And it, it was interesting. One of the first things they said was that entertainment venues would be included. And it seems movie theaters are going to be able to open it. I want to say maybe it was 50%, but uh, maybe 30% it was, but it's movies are going to be able to open, but bars are going to be able to reopen, which we haven't had bars open. You know, if you're just a bar with no food, um, but bars can only reopen outside at, at uh, I believe they were 30% capacity as well. So I don't see how what I heard covers, you know, indoor venues, you know, clubs and theaters. So I think they're still left out at this point, but um, we'll see more as the weeks uh, go along. Um, it'll be interesting if things open up, you know, if I feel comfortable about going and, um, yeah, as we've talked about the last few podcasts, what pricing will be like and uh, and how well they'll um, stick to guidelines and, uh, you know, enforce social distancing or masks, anything like that. So so we'll see. But uh, we're making some progress. In the meantime, we've got drive-in shows uh, going on. Um, I went to my first one and, and I enjoyed it. It's, it's not like uh other concerts you've been to the way i kind of keep describing it to people is it was like being at a tailgate concert um with a band but you were kind of social you're definitely social distanced and um you're you're stuck in the area where you parked you know unless you're going um to use the the, uh, bathroom facilities but uh it was cool it's great to hear live music again and if anything it it kind of upset me that there aren't more places in and around Charlotte that are doing um, outdoor bigger concerts because it doesn't take a whole lot, um, you know, as far as, as production and, and all that may, as far as permitting and everything. But um, it was, it was fun. And uh, of course, South Carolina is being looser than we are and South Carolina is getting some really cool shows. And so is North Carolina. Um, Marcus King's playing some shows in both states and um, Jason Isbell and Amanda Shires, they're going to come down and play in uh, both states as well. So uh, there's some stuff going on. And, and uh, from what I've seen in Asheville, they're, they're booking some outdoor shows and some driving shows. So uh, we need Charlotte to uh, step up its game. I don't see why uh, the Whitewater Center uh, couldn't do something either in their parking lot or, or with the stage that they have and just rope off areas and social distance people they could still sell beer and food to people and, and make some money on it and of course the parking but um 
so that's kind of where we are. The world is, uh, far as, as what we can get out and see live music. And of course, all the, all the, uh, solo acts and duos and all that stuff and, um, cover bands, they're able to play at venues. Um, so you can get out and, um, see some live music, which is fun. So, uh, this month I'll cover first the, uh, live show I went to. So <clears throat> it was called, uh, Outback Opry. It was put on by uh, WNCW who uh, broadcasts out of a community college out in Spindale, North Carolina, which is on the way out to Asheville uh, for me here in Charlotte. It was about an hour and a half ride out there. Uh, it was a beautiful, beautiful, it was uh, Saturday, Labor Day weekend, and it was just a gorgeous day to drive out there. And um, I think I've mentioned before, I'm definitely feeling a little bound by the city uh, during COVID time. So anytime I get to uh, venture out of the city and, and I'm not one that loves to drive uh, great distances and hour and a half is not a great distance, but uh, just even the, the drive out of town is a lot of fun. And um, so it was, uh, it was cool to get out of town and, and get to see some music and try a new barbecue uh, place on the way out there, which is always on the state's top 10 list uh, bridges cafe. And, and they were great. Um, and I brought that into the show. The show didn't have any, um, food or, or drink available. It was all bring your own. So I brought a cooler out and, and picked up that barbecue and, and I was good to go, um, which was, was a cool way to do it, uh, I thought. So the way the show was set up, I thought it was going to be like an actual drive-in until I, I dug in a little more and it was actually at a community college. And I think a lot of community colleges are set up pretty similar, uh, if you think about it. And the way this one was, is the few main buildings uh you they kind of directed you into campus and then there was a tent set up and there's a couple people checking you know your tickets and if you're on the list if you're on will call and all that and they actually had a goodie bag for you uh they had a trash bag for you to use uh there's a free soda from um, green man brewing they make soda uh so they give you a free soda with it and they they also gave you a um uh, information about the artists and a merch menu to order off of if you want any merch from the artists. Um, so it was really cool. It was really well organized. And then you got past the tent and you went down into the parking lot. And basically where they set up was a big, huge parking lot. And it was a bit sloped. Um, so they had the stage kind of at the bottom. And, you know, kind of like a fair festival stage was set up, nothing elaborate. Uh, and then they had a few people um directing you where to park and the way they did the parking was if you think of two rows of parking uh you you were never parked next to anybody so there wasn't a car on either side of you and then diagonal behind you they staggered the cars you know in the row behind you so there wasn't anybody directly behind you wasn't anybody directly beside you um and then you could uh set up you know in the space in front of your car or next to your car if, you know you want to just you know keeping social distance like I said, it was a gorgeous night. So, you know, I brought a pop-up camping chair and set up and had my barbecue and had my cooler. And um, it was just a gorgeous night. You know, it was uh, sunlight and then, you know, became evening and beautiful night under the stars uh, out in um, Western Carolina. But they had a great lineup. Um, they put together, it was supposed to be the uh, uh, Earl Scruggs Festival that weekend. And of course that was canceled. So they got some artists that were supposed to be at the festival to come out and play. And, uh, they had four artists. They had, uh, Anna Lynch, who, um, she was a solo singer songwriter. She said she grew up in California, but 
is out of um, Asheville now. And uh, she did a great job. She was uh, really cool. She told neat stories and, and uh, played some cool songs. And she noted that uh, she was the only artist on the lineup without a Grammy nomination. So uh, that shows the, the quality of um, acts that they got to uh, show up there. But um, a couple songs I wanted to mention that she played was uh, I Got Another um, Heartbreak and uh, They Start Picking Apples in the Fall. Both of those are really good songs. And um, next up, they had uh, Dom Flemons, uh, who you've probably seen on the opera or someplace like that, or, you know, Anthony Americana, if you're into that kind of stuff, you've seen Dom Flemons. And um, he plays guitar and harmonica, and he was solo and, and great singer. And um, he did a version of $2 Bill, which was, was great. He, and uh, he told some neat stories and stuff, and uh, his show was good. And, and it was neat with it being kind of solo artists and stuff like that that there was quick changeover between acts, you know, it was never more than 15, 20 minutes between acts. And, uh, the next act was up and playing. And then third, uh, they had, uh, Jim Lardale, who's been around the country and Americana scene forever. Um, he came out and he announced that it was his first show since March 12th and this was Labor Day. So, and that was the other thing about the show. You could tell all four acts are really excited to be out playing in front of people and, you could tell the audience, you know, they were ready for the show too. People are hooting and hollering and some people beep their horns in their cars, you know, stuff like that. So, um, it was cool. It was really like, kind of like a homecoming kind of feel to the show, but, uh, Jim Lardale was great. I've never actually seen him and, um, he put on a fun show. He played uh, a few tunes I liked. I wanted to mention, um, feel like singing today. He did, um, I'll forgive you if you don't. And uh, he ended up with a, a sing-along to uh, Headed for the Hills, which was perfect since we were out in uh, Western North Carolina. And then he also told a really funny story that he left his house. I think it was a week or 10 days before the show. And he said he had a couple shows to play and he wanted to go hiking and camping before he played these shows. So he came out to Carolina, Western Carolina and he totally had the date wrong for the show that he was that we were at. Uh, for the Outback Opry, and he got a call like the morning of the show, like, hey, what time are you getting here for sound check kind of thing? And he had no idea that he was playing that night. He totally got the uh, date wrong. So, like, he had to get out of the woods and clean up and, and you know, get his guitar and uh, come to the show, which was pretty funny. But you would think if you hadn't played a gig in six months, <laughs> you would have known the, the date and had it down and everything. But it was uh, entertaining. And then... Um, the main act of the night and the one that I was most excited to see was Chatham County line and they killed it. Uh, they were fantastic. Americana, uh, bluegrass band. Uh, they did, uh, Oh me, Oh my, they did, um, uh, strange fascination. Uh, she's in Richmond with my heart that I really loved. And, uh, they did another song, um, uh, peace officer, please. That was really good too. And, uh, you know, even though it was a bit of a long, long evening, you know, to go out there and stuff and back in a day, I was so glad I did it. And, um, I had my first drive-in experience and got to see some live music again and some really great artists and artists I haven't seen before. I hadn't seen anybody in the lineup before. So, uh, it was great. A plus evening and, um, really appreciated WNCW putting it together and, uh, pulling it all off without a hitch. But, but like I said, as I was driving home, I'm like, 
I was thinking all the different places around Charlotte, you could do shows like that. Like, you know, the Whitewater Center with all the parking they have, you know, in a mall parking lot at South Park Mall or Carolina Place Mall or in Ballantyne with all the corporate parks or in University City with all the parking lots they have up there. I mean, really, I mean, they didn't have a ton of people there, you know, shepherding the cards, the cars in and checking your ticket and stuff and uh, people around the stadium and stuff. I can't believe they'd have more than 20 or 30 employees there from what I saw the setup. And uh, I mean, there can definitely be more shows going on around Charlotte. So um, that was the, my takeaway from it. Kind of missed opportunities a little bit, but um, on with um, the streaming stuff in September. Uh, I watched quite a bit of music online this month, uh, which was fantastic. So We'll get into that. Um, as I mentioned at the end of last podcast, um, Labor Day was big for the jam bands. Um, Fish uh, streamed a bunch of nights uh, from Dick's, um, their venue, the venue in uh, suburbs of Denver, Colorado, the soccer stadium that they play every Labor Day. And I checked that out a couple nights. Uh, Dave Matthews broadcast shows from the Gorge. And uh, I checked a little bit of that out too. And uh, that was really fun and two venues I haven't been to and that I would I would love to get out to at uh, some point. I'll definitely get to the Gorge. I don't know about Dick's, but uh, I'll definitely get to the Gorge because it's, it's on the list. And then um, moving on from there, the, the next weekend of the month, um, uh, as I've mentioned before and reviewed before, uh, the Beckler Modern Art Museum in town, they have a monthly jazz series. And uh, the Zayed Quartet hosts that. And uh, the last couple of months, they've started streaming shows. And uh, this past month, they did uh, a tribute to John Coltrane and uh, his uh, one of his landmark albums, uh, Blue Train. So I uh, tuned into that on a Friday night and really enjoyed it. Made me miss uh, going uptown to catch those shows. They're always a good time. And um, I think I definitely mentioned last time on the podcast how... Um, Bands are starting to monetize, you know, streaming and, uh, you know, as Ju- as I guess Julie mentioned a couple months ago, you know, bands have to figure out, you know, how to monetize these things and, and how to operate in this new environment. And uh, I did buy a couple shows uh, this month as far as streaming. One of them was um, Samantha Fish it was part of the Tipitina's concert series that they did. And uh, I love Samantha and miss seeing her because uh, she gets to Charlotte quite a bit. So I think it was 10 bucks I paid for that one, maybe 15, but it was, it was well worth it. Um, and, uh, some of the songs she did that I liked were, uh, don't say you love me, uh, love letters. And, um, the last one was, um, I need you more than, more than you need me. And, um, she put on a great show and just fabulous guitarist and really tight band. And, uh, it was fun. It was cool to watch it and, uh, well worth the, uh, 10 or 15 bucks I spent to do it. And then um, that same weekend, Dumpster Funk out of uh, New Orleans, led by Ivan Neville, uh, they did a streaming show and uh, it was from Tipitina's and uh, no, that one was not Tipitina's. No, take that back. Samantha Fish was Tipitina's. Uh, Dumpster Funk was at a different club in New Orleans, but that show was really funny. New Orleans Saints were the four o'clock game. It was a Sunday streaming show. And I think they said the show was going to be at 730, something like that. And I you know, popped it on the TV to stream it at 7.30. And it said, uh, show will start 15 minutes after the Saints game ends. 
<laughs> so the band was not getting on until after the Saints game was over, and they had to, did what they had to do after the game to uh, get ready to play. So uh, that was fine. The show didn't start to close to eight, I think it was, but uh, they put on a great show, and and they were pretty funny. The the band talked a lot during it and stuff, and uh, they seemed to be having a lot of fun playing. And uh, I'm just crazy for any kind of music out of New Orleans, and I think the artists from there are just so talented, so gifted, and so soulful and um, just awesome. Love to see any kind of music from New Orleans. So it was a fun way to spend a Sunday night stream in uh, dumpster funk. Um, and then that next week, uh, there was a really cool uh, benefit streaming show. Uh, it was called um, Summer Stage Jubilee. For um, It was for the New York uh, City Park System. And they do a series of summer concerts all in the various parks around New York City over the summer and it's all different kinds of um uh genres of music they even do dance performances and and uh, things like that all over the city trying to bring arts to different parts of the city and i've actually been um to one of the venues it's called summer stage that's part of um, central park i went down there one time to see um government mule and uh, robert randolph and uh my buddy matt at the time was living over in hoboken and and I went down and crashed with Matt, and we went into the city, and um, it just spent an awesome summer night seeing Governor Mule and Robert Randolph, and and uh, it was just really great way to see a show in the middle of Central Park. And if you've been to Central Park in New York, it's just such a special place, and you know that they carved out all this land in the middle of one of the biggest cities in the world, and uh, then somebody had the great idea to put a stage in there and have some shows, and uh, it was cool, and. They had uh, artists, you know, on during the show. It was all live stuff. Uh, they didn't show any, like, archive performances or anything like that. But it was just various artists talking about um, how passionate they are about living in New York, playing in New York. And then they also had interviews with people um, that just love to go to the shows and people from the Parks Department and why it's so important to support them and the programs they do. And uh, I really enjoyed the evening. It, it was a great, uh, great uh, program to stream but uh sting was on who i love and he did uh, englishman in new york uh which is one of my favorite solo songs of his uh emily king was on she did a beautiful song roseanne cash was on and um trey from fish train Astagio, he was on and, and did a couple songs he i think he mostly lives in new york now he's got a place up in uh, vermont of course too but i think he's in new york most of the time and he was playing right in central park and uh and that, that was pretty cool. Just him solo with his uh, acoustic. Um, so that, that, that was really cool. And I just love anything New York. And and uh, it's just such a special place with so much to offer. And and that uh, streaming program really uh, showed that off. And then uh, another concert that I paid for to stream was uh, Lyle Lovett did a program with uh, Dwight Yoakam. And that was on a Friday night. And uh, it was kind of the typical Lyle Lovett setup where it was him with his guitar and Dwight Yoakam with his guitar. And they traded off playing songs and telling stories and just talking. And uh, it was really funny. Dwight Yoakam is a talker. And I've seen him twice. And I don't remember him talking that much while on stage and playing, you know, other than like introducing the band or saying, hey, this song's next. Uh, but he talked a ton during it. He talked a lot about his process and writing songs and recording and and 
a lot about, you know, different places he's lived and, and he asked Lyle Lovett a ton of questions. Um, so it was funny. And he, as the evening went along, he kind of joked like, sorry, you're not hearing more songs because I can't stop talking. So <laughs> he, he was, he was self-aware enough about it too. But, um, he did, he, the, I think it was the first song he did that night it was a song he said he just wrote and it was called drinking beers, slinging tears, um, and, uh, counting heartbreaks. And that was just a, a really cool song. And he, he thought he messed it up halfway through and he kind of restarted a little bit. But uh, that was really fun. Um, that was a good evening. I think that was another one. It was 10, 15 bucks, something like that. And uh, they did maybe an hour and a half. It, it was great. Um, and then uh, Dave Matthews, there was, you know, how everything's a national day. Today is actually International Podcasting Day. So how perfect that I'm recording today. But, um, you know, everything's a national day, National Bike Day, National Chocolate Chip Cookie Day, which I think is all horseshit i think it's just a way to sell things but <laughs> uh there was national voter registration day which is actually a valuable thing and an important thing i think and uh so dave matthews to celebrate that uh streamed a show online from saratoga uh performing arts center up in uh, new york north of uh, albany new york and if i um haven't talked about that venue before it is fabulous it's uh, one of my favorite places to see an outdoor show in the summer and it's not because it's the best setup venue the best sound anything like that it's just a special special place to go um saratoga it, for those of you who haven't been there is it's a resort town and it's um, a town with a lot of wealth in it um you know a lot of people from the city and stuff for years and years and years have gone up there to vacation in the summer and they have a very famous horse track there in the summer in uh, August, the horses run, but um, they have a huge, there's a huge national park there, uh, a state park. And uh, they have the music venue in there, the Saratoga performing arts center. And, and uh, I believe it's a opera. I think there's both an opera and ballet company that use it during the summer too, but for the most part, it's popular concerts. And, um, I probably went up there for the first time either in college or just after college it was my first time up there and uh, just fell in love with it. You park inside the state park. So it's, you know, you're tailgating, you know, underneath these beautiful trees and beautiful grass and stuff. And you're just out in the open and uh, you kind of have to wander along these different paths and stuff to find the venue. And uh, it can be tricky finding your car afterwards after the show. Cause it's not real, not all parts of the park are real uh, well lit. Or as I did uh, one night, you may have had a little too much during the show to find the car afterwards. But um, it's just such a cool place. And, and you meet cool people up there and you see wild things happening. And, and it always seems like bands bring a ton of energy there. Um, and it's just a huge, huge venue. Uh, there's just so much space there to check things out. And you can be crowded in a pit of people or you can go find your own spot and, and chill. And, uh, it's just fantastic. But the way that I'll say that it's not a perfect venue. So if you think the way most amphitheaters are set up in the summer, the outdoor venues, it's, you know, that kind of shells shell shaped amphitheater, you know, with seating underneath a shed. And then usually it's a hill you know, up behind the shed, sometimes it's a flat service, but usually it's a hill, you know, so people on the lawn can say, 
Well, Saratoga is not set up like that. Saratoga is actually underneath the shed. There's two levels. There's a balcony to it. And um, I got to, to sit in the balcony one night for a Dave Matthews show, which was fantastic. I've only been inside the, the shed a few times for all the times I've been up there for shows. I'm just about always on the lawn. But um, so what happens is with that setup, because they have that balcony and there's a huge, huge lawn behind the shed, I don't think a third of the lawn has a good view of the stage. <laughs> you really got to get, if, if you're going in and you want to see the stage and see the show and everything, you got to get in early if you have lawn tickets. Cause, um, you just got to be down the bottom of the hill to be able to see the stage. Cause if you're up top, you're not seeing a whole lot of the stage and they have video screens and stuff. So it works. And, and the sounds not the, like I said, the sounds not best on the lawn, but it's just a cool, cool place to see a show. There's all sorts of trees everywhere. And it's, you know, even though it's a man-made spot, it's uh, got a great nature uh, aspect to it, too. And just fun place to see a show. You know, you know when you go to Saratoga, it's going to be an adventure, you know, between the tailgating and, and the show and dancing and listening to music. And, you know, being in the Northeast, there's more than likely you're going to see some fights and some trouble, too. You know, you might end up kissing somebody you, you weren't supposed to be kissing. But uh, it's it's a cool, cool place. So watching that... Uh, Dave Matthews show that night from Saratoga uh, really uh, put me in a good mood that night. It was a cool thing to do. So that was my little soliloquy about uh, Saratoga. And, and uh, thanks to my buddy Ryan Skadberg, who um, got, me up, got me up to Saratoga so many times. And we got to stay with his cousin Jane and her family up there. So uh, we didn't have to drive back after shows back to Massachusetts. But uh, yeah, Saratoga rocks. And uh, I hope some summer when I, I go home for a trip, I can uh, figure out to see a spec show while I'm out there because I definitely want to see more spec shows. Um, and then the last streaming of the month was um, Bonnaroo. As I keep mentioning, a lot of these festivals are doing streaming events. And um, Bonnaroo did a virtual reality. And um, they had, I there was three nights of streaming and, and it was tons of hours. I, I didn't watch. I, I don't think I even watched a, a 20% of it. But um, I did see some really cool acts. They kind of mixed it between archive footage from Bonnaroo and then bands that were streaming uh, live. But um, the archived uh, bands that I saw were, uh, of course, Jack White. They had from 2014. I'm a Jack White junkie. Um, they had the Beastie Boys in 2009 which I read somewhere online that that was their last performance. I don't know if that's true or not, but um, it was a really good performance considering it was many, many years after I saw them on the uh, licensed ill tour in uh, the eighties. Um, and um, James Brown from 2003 was on, he had uh, lost his fastball by that time, but it was, it was still a fun show to watch. And then uh, the last archive show that I caught was white stripes from uh, 2007 and, and I was just crazy for White Stripe. So it was fun to see them. And, and they put on a really great show at uh, Bonnaroo, which was fun to see. Um, and then the streaming acts that they had, they had uh, Trampled by Turtles on, who I love. They had uh, Mandolin Orange. Mandolin Orange looked like they were performing from their backyard in a tent. Uh, that was pretty cool. Uh, Bruce Horn Hornsby did some streaming from a studio. Um and then uh, Billy Strings was on. He did some streaming. And it's funny, Billy Strings, and I think I've mentioned this in an earlier podcast, but he's really 
like runaway popular online. Uh, he's got a really big following really quickly over the last few years. And, um, I'm, I'm pretty, I was slow to get it, you know, get into him and check him out. And I, and I'm trying since the pandemic, I've, I've checked out a bunch online and stuff. And sometimes it really hits and he's great. Like I thought what he did for Bonnaroo was really great. And then other times I'll watch, you know, an archive concert on YouTube and it doesn't do a whole lot for me, but, uh, I guess I have to check him out on, uh, live and in person and see what I really think. But, uh, he's very popular and, and, um, got a lot going, going on. Um, and then, um, the last thing I wanted to, uh, well, not the last thing, first thing of uh, the last two things I'll mention is, uh, one is there's all sorts of new music coming out. So whatever artist you like, as I keep mentioning, stay on top of them on their social media. Cause there's been a ton of surprise albums come out, surprise singles. Uh, Springsteen did one. Uh, Margot Price released an al album uh, a month or two ago that's fantastic that I've listened to a ton. So whoever you like, check them out. You know, they may have released a special song, things like that. You know, or they may have just done an album, you know, during the pandemic. I saw a notice today on my Twitter that Drive-By Truckers has a new album coming out. So uh, a lot of bands have decided to be product uh, productive during all this, which is uh, fantastic. Um and then that kind of goes into the last thing I want to talk about was, um, you know, you're not supposed to talk about politics or religion and, um, you know, but with how messed up our country is right now, uh, a lot of people have, don't want to hear from artists and entertainers and athletes, you know, with what they think about different social causes. And, uh, there was two things I wanted to point out towards that was uh, Amanda Shires released a new song called The Problem. And it, she released it right after R Ruth Bader Ginsburg died and rest in peace to the justice. But, um, and it's The Problem and it is very direct and 1,000% hits you in the eyes about um, issues around abortion and especially uh, the inability to get abortions in the South. And a uh, pretty bold song for her to put out and... Um, respect her for doing it. And then, um, Tyler Childers, uh, who's you know, also kind of taken Americana by storm the last year or two. Uh, he posted an online video message and I would encourage anybody listening to the podcast to go check it out. If you go to YouTube, Facebook, you know, anywhere you're, you're going to see, um, see the video. It, it just came out in the last month and it was a six, seven minute talk he did you know, kind of about the state of the world and, 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 um, the state of things. And, and I thought he had a really measured, good approach to it and used some really excellent examples, you know, and, um, it's tough for these artists, especially in the Americana and country world, when they step out and they support a cause, they're, they're taking their careers in their hand. You know, Dixie Chicks went through it. I think it's over a decade ago, you know, where, or it definitely is because it was during the Bush administration. So it was well over a decade ago. Yeah. They criticized uh, George W. Bush and country music stations stopped playing them. And, um, you know, Chris Stapleton has come out and said some stuff and, and Sturgill Simpson said some things and, and these country artists, they take heat online. And of course, you know, online, you're going to get more criticism and, and more outlandish statements, you know, from the, the keyboard and internet warriors, but um, 
I, I thought Tyler had some really good things to say and I thought he, he had a good approach to it and applaud him for, um, you know, taking the stance he did. And, and, and it's funny cause you know, I think a lot of what people do with politics and things like that is if somebody's saying something they want it, that they agree with, or it's the same, but you, you know, then it's all right that they said it, you know, but if, there's an artist you like or an artist you don't like or an athlete you like or don't like either way, if they go against, you know, what you think you're like, shut up and play, you know, whether it's play their instrument, play their sport, whatever. And, um, you know, freedom of speech is tough. It goes both ways. You know, you're going to hear some things that you don't want to hear through freedom of speech. And, and, um, anybody I think who, who can take a strong stance, you know, I, I applaud them for doing it, especially if they're putting their livelihood uh, at risk by doing it. And, um, uh, two stories that I'll, I'll, I'll take, I'll, uh, bring up around it is, uh, years ago when, um, Bonnie Raitt, it was probably mid nineties when Bonnie Raitt was winning Grammys and kind of came back on the radio and was having all these hits and, uh, give him something to talk about and all that. And, uh, me and a few friends went to go see her at, uh, Great Woods, the big, uh, amphitheater South of Boston. And, uh, it was probably about two thirds of the way through her show and she stopped and she did a legit 10, 15 minute talk about abortion rights. And, uh, she just kept going on and on and on. And, uh, as I say, it was about two thirds of the way through the show and it was in the Boston area. So people had been drinking a good bit. And, uh, there was all of a sudden this leather lung guy. It was like being at a Bruins or Red Sox game screams out. We love you, Bonnie, but shut up and play, <laughs> you know, and, and people booed and, and hissed, you know, to the guy that said it, you know, cause you know, most of that crowd was supportive of Bonnie, but, um, it's, you know, it's the way people feel, you know, people sometimes just entertainment is their entertainment and they don't want to mix it with the real world. You know, they just want to tune out for, for a while and, and enjoy something. And then, um, there was another one when I was living down in Boston, Pearl Jam came to town and I'm crazy about Pearl Jam. And I remember my friend Ryan said, Hey, you want to get tickets there playing the garden, but it wasn't part of a tour or anything. They were just uh, playing. I think they played maybe two, three, four cities around the country, but they were raising money for, um, I forget the name. I should have researched before talking about it on the podcast, but it was a group of a young men who got a, a accused of a murder that Pearl Jam believed they didn't do. And Pearl Jam was trying to raise money for their defense fund. So, you know, I remember Ryan emailed me about the show. and was like, hey, you want to go? And I said, benefit show? What's this about? You know, and then I saw it was for a legal defense fund. So I kind of researched it online. And, and there was strong arguments both ways that these guys were not um, falsely accused. And there were strong arguments that they were falsely accused. So I didn't, you know, in my little hour or what I, whatever I took to look into it, I couldn't decide you know, if it was a valid cause or not. So, you know, I got back to Ryan and said, Hey, I'm, you know, I'm going to pass on that one. Cause at the time it was an expensive ticket, you know, so it was a fundraiser, but it wasn't necessarily something I believed in or, or knew everything about. So I wasn't going to do it. So we all make choices, but, uh, I think it's important to listen, listen to people and, uh, and show some grace when you're listening to people. I know I'm one, I try my best not to talk politics or uh, religion around people that I'm not close with. But um, it's the, the times we're in, and there's important, important issues going on. So uh, enough of that. So that is uh, episode 18. 
Uh, I don't have anything on the books uh, as far as live music in October, but I'm sure I'll get out and see some. Uh, and we'll ha hopefully have some more live in-person shows to talk about next month. And uh, another one, a streaming opportunity I want to point out to people is uh, Hardly Strictly Bluegrass is streaming on, on uh, Saturday, I believe, um, the 3rd. Yeah, I believe it's Saturday. So check that out, Hardly Strictly Bluegrass. They have, uh, I think, four, five, six hours of streaming music that they're going to be doing of uh, some really great artists. So check that out. And um, since I mentioned uh, Tyler Childers at um, in the and the courage he showed in the bold stance he did, I, I went back and was listening to some of his albums and uh, a song that I really um, love that I heard in the uh, past week or two that he does is uh, all urine. Uh, so I'm going to play that as the uh, going out song this week, but uh, thanks everybody for listening. Really appreciate all the feedback. Oh, and I didn't mention my mom heard the podcast for the first time. So that was monumental after a year and a half and, um, uh, Mom checked out the podcast and gave me some feedback, so I appreciate that. So you may be doing, you may be taking part in this podcast, and enjoying it just like my mother does. <laughs> so thanks to mom for listening, and my sister Carol for uh, playing it for. Her. So uh, that's it. Thanks everybody for listening. We'll be back uh, next month with uh, more on live music in and around Charlotte, and hopefully um, things can open up and uh, these artists and bands can go out there and uh, apply their trade and make a living and and everybody who um who works around that industry uh can get back to making some money as well thanks everybody have a great month stay safe be well be kind <laughs>